My name is Lily Madden, and I'm a proud Aranda, Bunjalung, Kalkadun woman from Gadigal country. The Daily Oz acknowledges that this podcast is recorded on the lands of the Gadigal people and pays respect to all Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander nations. We pay our respects to the first peoples of these countries, both past and present. Good morning and welcome to The Daily Oz. Happy Friday. It's Friday the 25th of November. I'm Sam and joining me direct from Parliament House today is Tom Crowley. Hi, Sam. The Supreme Court in New Zealand has found that the voting age of 18 is discriminatory. Unjustified age discrimination. That's the Supreme Court's ruling on our voting that there's age. There's no good okay. reason for 18 to be the legal age and that it breaches the Bill of Rights. The Parliament will now need to decide how to proceed. But as our neighbours look at whether 16 and 17-year-olds should have the right to vote, Australia is about to embark on a debate of our own. So what's the latest and how likely is real reform? We're going to get into that in the deep dive. But first, Tom, what's making headlines this morning? Well, Sam, I'll start in Parliament House, where a bill to pass the National Anti-Corruption Commission into law is one step closer after it went through the House of Representatives yesterday. Now it's just got to go through the Senate and it'll be law. There are still some disagreements among parliamentarians about the exact structure, with crossbenchers putting forward some amendments to make it easier to hold public hearings. The UK Supreme Court has ruled that a potential Scottish independence referendum must be staged with the approval of the UK Parliament. The court sided with the view of the UK government, finding that the authority to put on a referendum falls outside of the Scottish Parliament's remit. Scotland First Minister Nicola Sturgeon said the ruling, quote, blocks one route to Scotland's voice being heard, but she affirmed that her government would continue seeking a referendum on independence. Well, back to federal politics, and the federal government has announced its response to the destruction of the Dukin Gorge in 2020. It was destroyed in an explosion by Rio Tinto. It was a site of cultural significance for the traditional owners and the source of uh, a lot of outrage at the time. Uh, the government was responding to a parliamentary committee that suggested how legislative arrangements could be made better to protect culturally significant sites for First Nations people. These reforms are not about stopping development or halting progress. They're about redressing an imbalance, our oldest imbalance. And your Friday good news, the winner of the seventh season of the AFLW will be decided on Sunday when the Brisbane Lions and Melbourne Demons play each other up in Queensland. The match is a sellout, that's awesome news, and comes after the AFL froze ticket prices at $10 each for adults and made them free for concession holders and children. Without getting into buzzwords, why we should lower the voting age. Equality, equity, accountability, fairness. A campaign to lower the voting age to 16 in New Zealand has had a landmark victory this week. The Supreme Court of New Zealand found the voting age of 18 is discriminatory. And this has prompted their government to start drafting legislation to try and change the voting age down to 16. Tom... Thanks for joining us this morning from Colt. Is it cold in Canberra? Uh, it's always cold in Canberra, yeah. Okay, thanks for joining us from, from cold Canberra. We're going to talk today about the implications of that kind of change and whether it's likely to succeed both here and over the ditch. Should we begin with where this all started? 
So, Sam, it started with the advocacy of a group called Make It 16 in New Zealand. They described themselves as a nonpartisan group. And since 2019, they've been advocating for, for the vote to be extended down from 18 years of age to 16 years of age. And it's culminated in a big court case, which we heard the results of this week. Tell me more about that court case. So, Sam, it kind of rested on a technicality. So, New Zealand's electoral laws, just like ours, say that you can only vote if you're 18 years of age or older. But New Zealand also has a Bill of Rights, which protects its citizens against a number of different forms of discrimination. And one of those is age discrimination. Now, you can discriminate against children. There are sort of lots of reasons, like child protection, for example, why you might want to do that. But the New Zealand Bill of Rights ensures that anyone over the age of 16 can't be discriminated against on the basis of age. And essentially what the lawyers argued here is that denying 16 and 17-year-olds the right to vote was inconsistent with this Bill of Rights, that it was a form of age discrimination. Okay, that seems to make sense to me. How did that argument hold up in court? So it's been a bit of a long-running battle. They first filed in 2019. Uh, In 2020, they were rebuffed. Uh, They appealed and then that got dismissed. Uh, And finally, though, in, in July of this year, they applied to the Supreme Court. And this week we heard the judgment. The Supreme Court ruled that they were right, that these electoral rules are actually inconsistent with the right to be free from age discrimination. Okay, so what happens next if the court has made that decision? It doesn't necessarily mean that every 16-year-old in New Zealand can suddenly go out and vote, right? No, it doesn't. So it doesn't automatically change the electoral law. But it basically does require the New Zealand parliament to consider how they're going to resolve this inconsistency. So Prime Minister Jacinda Ardern has, has flagged that Cabinet's going to draft legislation to extend the vote to 16 and 17-year-olds and then present that to Parliament to be considered and voted on. Now, we don't exactly know how that's going to go. Ardern emphasised that this was early days, that the government itself, her government, hadn't even decided exactly what it thought of the issue yet. So there's a little bit to play out here. But certainly what this court ruling means is that New Zealand's Parliament will at least consider the idea that 16 and 17-year-olds should vote. Now, it's a pretty high bar to change this electoral law in New Zealand. They need something called a supermajority, which means that not just, you know, greater than half of the parliament has to vote for it, but 75% of their parliament needs to vote in favour of a change. So it is a pretty high bar and there's a long way to go before New Zealand might plausibly actually extend the vote to 16 and 17-year-olds, but it certainly bumped its prominence on the agenda. And Tom, what's your read on the political support for this kind of decision in New Zealand? Well, I'll start with the Prime Minister, Jacinda Ardern. So I said before that she wasn't sure exactly what her government's approach would be, but personally, she's in favour. I personally support a decrease in the voting age. The journalist did ask her if her stance on this was political. Younger voters um, disproportionately vote uh, for the left. So is that giving yourself an unfair advantage? Let's be really clear Uh, Whatever Parliament decides, this will not take effect for the next election. I guess beyond Ardern, though, it's fair to say that there's not definitely widespread support. There's still a lot of water to go under the bridge, uh, but to get that 75%, at least at the moment, that looks unlikely. We're going to take a short break. We'll be right back. I think it's so interesting that if this does happen, it'll be because of a technicality. It's fascinating, isn't it, That, that in the end, the court case that found that there was this inconsistency rested on, I guess, what's a little bit of a technicality, that technically, you know, you can argue this is a form of age discrimination. Certainly when that Bill of Rights was written in that way, I don't think you'd imagine that anyone intended or imagined that it would be taken to apply to 16 and 17-year-olds voting, but then here we are looking at that law and when you look at it, clearly the court decided that, that you could read it that way. And funnily enough, it's not the first time, so I don't want to get us too distracted, Sam, but just a little bit of a story time here, which is that in Australian history... 
Um, if you go back before Federation, back when we were in the days of, of colonies, some of the first examples of women being able to vote were also on technicalities. So basically the way that the law was written in terms of who was able to vote was built around the idea of people who own property, rate paying people. And at the time, no one really imagined that that was ever going to apply to women. It was just sort of assumed that women didn't vote. But but some women, for example, um, Fanny Finch was the name of one of the, the pioneers who said, well, I'm, I'm a rate paying person. I should be able to vote. And she was, and she was allowed to vote. And so there were, again, this sort of technicality where maybe the letter of the law, it hadn't occurred to anyone that it could be interpreted in that way, but this kind of big historical progress there in terms of women's suffrage uh, was achieved again on, at first, on a little bit of a technicality. So what's the loophole for teenagers in Australia right now? We don't have one, really. We don't have a Bill of Rights, and there isn't anything, for example, in Australia's constitution that you could clearly point to to kind of force this one through. So instead, it's going to rely on just the regular way that any law changes in Australia, which is Parliament deciding to, to vote on it. In Australia, we only need a simple majority. We don't need this 75% thing, but it would take... Uh, I guess, a majority vote in, in both houses of parliament. There's not necessarily any suggestion that's going to happen yet, but especially with all of this stuff in the news in New Zealand, there has been a little bit of talk about it in parliament this week. Interesting. Where's that chat been coming from? And what would the consequences be of 16, 17-year-olds being able to vote? Well, Sam, the push has been coming from uh, two places, the Greens and also independent Monique Ryan, who's the MP for Kuyong in Melbourne. Uh, both of them have, so the Greens have had a proposal going for, for quite a while to extend the vote to 16-year-olds and 17-year-olds, and Monique Ryan has promised that she'll introduce a bill of her own pushing to do that early next year. Uh, it's fair to say the government hasn't officially ruled it out. They said they've never kind of officially had a stance on it, but at the same time, the government certainly hasn't come out in support of the idea and isn't pushing the idea itself. And in terms of the political consequence, I think it's an interesting one, right, because you know, you, you can have this argument about whether 16 and 17-year-olds are, you know, informed citizens. For example, you can make an argument that in terms of teaching people how to vote and introducing them to voting, you do it while they're at high school and it's managed through their schools and that sort of thing. You know, there are lots of kind of in principle arguments, especially young people who are so interested in climate change and issues of the future who say, well, we want to have a stake. I care. I understand the issues. I want to be able to vote. It's interesting, though, when you look at the particular parties that are pushing this, because you know, one thing we do know is that young people overwhelmingly do vote for progressive parties. So when you look at kind of studies of how people vote by age in elections, so the ANU does this study every election, and in the 2019 election, 44% uh, of 18 to 24-year-olds, so I guess kind of the closest age cohort we've got, 44% of them voted Labor and 37% voted for the Greens. So that's 81% of the population who are voting for Labor or the Greens, which I guess suggests, you know, I mean, apart from anything else, if you did extend the vote to 16 and 17-year-olds, it would be a significant benefit for progressive parties in Australia. I don't think that's as such a, a reason to do it or not to do it. I guess I come back to the fact that the New Zealand movement was really keen to point out that they were nonpartisan. It wasn't about supporting a particular side of politics, just about allowing 16 and 17-year-olds to vote whoever they may vote for. But I guess it's inescapable when we talk about these things. I guess just the cynical reality of it, that politicians will be, you know, attuned to the electoral consequences of their decisions. And, and certainly that decision would be probably more likely on balance to favour parties like the Greens who are at the forefront of pushing for it. 
Speaking for 16-year-old Sam at the moment, the uh, inner political nerd of me deep in my adolescence would have loved to go into a booth by myself and uh, and vote instead of going in with my dad. Absolutely. 16-year-old Tom would have been all over it. I, I would have loved to vote when I was that age. But alas, we were deprived uh, and we had to wait out until 18, just like my first kiss. <laughs> So thanks so much for joining us on The Daily Oz, Tom. You're sticking around in Canberra next week and um, I'm sure we'll chat to you then. (laughs) Thanks, Sam. Goodbye. I'm glad you got that first kiss eventually. (laughs) Thanks for joining us on The Daily Oz this week. If you learned something from today's episode, I know I did, there's a quick and easy way to help us keep making more apps for you. Give us a rating wherever you do your podcast listening. We'll be back again on Monday. Have a great weekend.